Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to uh, an even more informal episode than the previous one. <laughs> if that was even possible. Uh, now, the last episode, there were moments where my brain just stopped working, so it was a little scattered in the recording. I apologise about that. Very awkward. Uh, but there's no excuse now, as in, so please take this episode with a pinch of salt because we're really just round tabling this mm-hmm. and chatting. So if you enjoy... We even have a round table. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is a game design and game theory episode. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we're just going to be this. We're just going to be talking about some stuff and everything we come up with is going to get written down and added to the next version of the source book. So sure. mm-hmm. hopefully this will be of interest. So we've just been talking about uh, abilities because mm-hmm. at the end of the previous episode we kind of felt maybe came to the consensus that mm-hmm. some of the actions were a bit limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing, while it's fair that, say, your character is a scientist, they may not be amazing in combat, In that's realistic. But in the reality of, like, a role-playing game, we it always has to be fun for yeah. the player. And we never want you to be trapped in a situation where you can't do something. Yeah. And it doesn't mean hulking out and kind of like punching someone if that's not in <laughs> if that's not in keeping with your character, but it means like you should be able to use your character creatively mm-hmm. to get out of there. And so I guess like the rules and the abilities, in something like D and D, which we're always going to hold up as like oh, of an example, they are it's a way of codifying that. So if your character was like, well, I'm a bard, and but I can't sing, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm a I'm a player. You might be able to use an ability called song or something like that. And just in the context of the game, it's feeding. So if there's anything you think like in your characters, you go... Because it's like... Um, uh, Ali, I don't think I've really found a, a good way to express this so far. But I figured because your character is an engineer, mm. I think there's almost like... You should almost have like tech vision. I feel like you should be able to <laughs> yeah. go like... Oh, I just... I can, Maybe I see something and understand yeah. how it works. Or were you thinking more I don't practical know. than that? It's like, because we've got these passive abilities at the moment, mm-hmm. like uh, Lucy's supervision. Yeah. It'd be nice if we could take a passive character trait, mm-hmm. but turn it into a power. Like mm-hmm. an ability. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. So you could go like, oh, I don't know, once per turn you can roll an extra dice or once per turn you can mm. add a number to a thing mm-hmm. or something or something like that sure i mean i guess one way to think about it is to is to get down to the spirit of how of the spirit of the core of our system which is these four uh micro elements as we refer to them the power change logic and soul an engineer uh has a lot of strength in the green in the logic and that is to say strategy well i've actually put most of mine in blue Sure, but but we're so talking on the feet. talking yeah. simply about your role rather than your build. Mm-hmm. An engineer role, uh, their their um, modifiers or buffs should potentially come from the green, because that's the skills they use. That is to say, there are skills that would buff your green if your uh-huh. green isn't especially good from your build. Sure, I mean yeah, I definitely sure. think that as a as a Blue scientist, like because I picked yeah. a scientist, I I put plus one to all my science checks, which is in. Which is probably a knowledge thing, so that's definitely in the green. Absolutely. Mm. That's like, you know, if I'm checking on science, I am making knowledge checks. Mm. Um, perhaps like 
an engineer is more deduction because they're like, I'm looking at a thing and I'm figuring out how it all fits together. Yeah, is this a difference between a scientist and an engineer? Yeah, yours is logic because you can look at something and understand how it works, whereas I can, mine's blue because I can look at something and build it or change it. Yeah, okay, yeah, I like that, I like that. So, so then you're it's... sort of taking something whole and breaking it down and yeah. understanding it. I'm taking parts and putting them together to make something. Yeah, I think that is really on point. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like a muscle would get more from power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The captain, if that, you know, as a role, would be more like his soul. Yeah, like his charisma like and inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe um, someone who has strong inspiration or strong charisma could have abilities or, or bonuses mm-hmm. that affect the rest of the team mm. like they add plus oh, one to someone's like strength that. because they yeah. like make them mm. more sort of gung-ho i can't remember what i originally wrote but i know in my original source book that you can find on patreon right now <laughs> um, i did come up with eight roles for the ship yes as like a, yes a you did out. yeah i remember yeah and um I think they, they basically went along with that. Like, I tried as much as possible to have the the innate ability of each role affect mm. a different, like, stat. Um, they were all plus ones in something. Something, yeah. Mm. But you could sometimes you could choose it. So I seem to remember, like, there was one where you get one to power. So you could choose whether to put that in strength or will, um, as you will. But I, I seem to remember I had one in, on the list called Stowaway, which oh, that's was basically cool, yeah. my throwaway, anything you feel one. And <laughs> the idea with that is... I think I originally called inspiration luck, mm. and the idea was the stowaway would have extra luck. Yep. Okay, makes sense. Um, and so that was the kind of, and I also had this daft idea of the stowaway could have a secret agenda. Yeah. Like they could have something they're trying to achieve that they haven't told the rest of the people at the table, basically. The River Song character. Yeah. It's almost like, but, um, in terms of what we were talking about, like, and how the different classes would have different abilities you could pick. It's almost like if you picked the stowaway, you get to pick from every. Yeah. class or something yeah. it's like you never specialise but mm. you get it's almost like you can pluck from different it's like multi-classing mm. isn't yeah. it almost. yeah but I, I think I wrote that down somewhere at some point I haven't checked on what exactly that would be but I do like the idea of your role is how you have chosen to spend your life it's, yes it's how you've chosen to be useful so therefore the bonus should be very actively useful in gameplay which mm. makes sense that it's stat modifiers for yeah. your role can we uh, talking about uh, talking about modifiers? Um, right now, we, we you know some of those modifiers which Lucy mentioned were originally like you build your character, you give them stats, you say like oh my character has two in dexterity, but then because I am the oh I don't know the muscle I'm it's not yeah. the muscle but because I'm the muscle I get plus one to dexterity mm. as an example, but then we we just kind of said that that was a permanent addition to yeah. your stat mm. now there's different ways of doing modifiers it's like in D you roll dice and then add a fixed number mm-hmm. so it's like my modifier is plus D- three because i have a 16 yeah it's like yeah. uh d20 plus three or yeah. something so it's like there's always going to be an element of luck mm-hmm. yeah but there's an element of personal skill as well. Yeah, I think there could be some abilities where you get an extra dice, but there could be some abilities where you get a plus. Yeah. Know? Or there could be some uh, abilities yeah, yeah. that just add to your passive. Yeah. Um, so you might become passively much more aware of your surroundings or passively much passive stronger. Aggression. Yeah. Yeah, passive <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I think so, I think I was saying this to John when we were discussing stuff the other day. Like, My aim with this particular rule set was always that somebody who's not very good at 
numbers, quick adding up. We're not very good at quick, like, um, verbal reasoning kind of things. Mm -hmm. Could still play this game. Because one of the biggest problems I find playing games with some of my friends is that if you're trying to play magic, no one can add up the numbers. Yep. And you've got to read the card every single time Especially to try and when remember it gets what it is. Yeah. yeah. And when there's loads of random interactions with stuff, it's it's fine if you've got the kind of brain that can hold that in, but it's really frustrating if you haven't. And I really Absolutely. kind of I wanted I know a lot of people find D and D like that as well, where mm. it's like it's not just I have to roll the dice, but then I have to remember which number out of the hundreds mm. that are written on this sheet of paper yeah. is relevant to this particular yeah. situation. And if you once you sort of internalise it, it's fine, but it can be a hell of a learning curve. Mm. And that's really what I wanted to avoid. I yeah, think, I think conversely, one of the problems is is that by having a simpler uh, set of numbers defining your yeah. character, it does make it more kind of broad strokes, mm. which is maybe one of the problems mm -hmm. you were kind of facing in that last battle, where because your character only has eight stats, yeah. and because, you know, frankly, at least two of them are just not going to factor into this battle, mm -hmm. and maybe another two just aren't going to factor into this battle. And maybe another two aren't because of their mental powers. It's like your character comes down to only... This goes for everyone mm. so far. It's one of the problems, perhaps, is that your character only really has two things mm -hmm. they can defend with in any situation. Yeah. I know combat isn't everything, but it it falls back into that problem of characters are just punching each other because we don't we don't seem to have, like, quite yet have, like, the additional variety yeah. to mix it up a bit. Well, I guess that leads us on to what we were talking about just before we started recording, which is this idea that each of our characters has a race and a class and a role. Yes. Um, the race is your species. Your class is kind of what makes you special mm -hmm. and, and, and you know how you make actions upon the world. And your role is the career that your character has chosen Specifically to take. on the ship. Specifically yes. on the ship, absolutely. And we were proposing that each one of these, your race, class and role, entitles you to a ability mm -hmm. of some kind yeah and this could feed into what john was saying increase your spectrum of, of things you can do either in battle or out um without over complicating the game as what lucy's saying potentially mm -hmm. that was yeah. the thing wasn't yeah it? and i think any ability that you get in your character sort of tree would just you would just add that onto your sheet so it's not like you have to remember yeah, to add yeah. on that number. You just rub that one out, add it on. Mm -hmm. So you're still only having to look at that table of numbers. No, and I, th I think it's great because the last the last thing we want is to suddenly have to add tons of additional mm. numbers. Because uh, I think your key, Lucy, your key idea of keeping it simple is is amazing, and we, yeah. and we should absolutely pursue mm, that. I agree. I just wonder if there's ways we can be creative in that, like. Um, the modifier thing is interesting because I'm not sure if modifiers... Because one thing we could have done with weapons is say, like, you know, oh, this weapon gives plus two to Well, this is the thing, though. Role, or... We kind of do have modifiers, but in our own way, and I think it plays nicely into still what Lucy's saying, which is that, like, for example, the muscle, and that's my character, mm -hmm. has a plus one on combat rolls. That just means she rolls an additional dice. Yes, yeah. And that's a really good kind of modifier. In a way, like it's a plus one, but it's not a plus one as in we add one onto mm. the result. It's a plus one in that we roll one more dice because mm. the way our game works is different. And I like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's any, I don't know the answer here, but do you think there's any scope for having like, as you level up, you have like a base number? Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say is like, modifier is the wrong word, but the whole point in D&D is that like, if you your character is very smart, mm. then it's like for a knowledge check, they'll get a roll plus 
five. A large one. So it means yeah. like their character is so smart that the degree to which luck affects their role is minimized. Sure. So your character will never roll less than a five. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For example. Like is it, it's like there's times where like, you know, we've been in combat and you still just roll a zero. Uh, which is possible, yeah. you know. Actually, you know, that is a time. very good point. That is something I've noticed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just, and, and it's frustrating, I guess, because when uh, I mean, it's, it's been frustrating for Capella because she's the muscle, she's the one whose role it is mm-hmm. to do this, and to to then, you know, maybe I have maybe I have ten dice to roll because I'm so strong, you know, uh, but then they're all zero. Yeah, and it's like that could happen, and it's yeah. actually not that low likelihood either. Well, no, it is. It's, I suppose it, it is. It's I suppose all, it is. It's, it's ten to the power of ten. Well, ten. Yeah. There's there's two zeros on each dice, and so there's ten dice. Yeah. Each oh dice is Ali's a good d. At each, each dice is a math. each dice is a d three yeah. or d two technically. D three because zero does count. As yeah, d three. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's we could work out the probability, there's, but it, there's only one possible way that you can throw ten dice and get a zero. I suppose that's true. Yes, oh, that's very yeah, true. Like that's very true. That's one roll, yeah. one one chance. Yeah, but I don't think that we should do away with that completely because that's what makes good stories. Is mm-hmm. when oh crap, like I failed. Yeah. I have to think my way around. You're this right, or... but it certainly seems to be happening a lot more with this system yeah. than it does with D and D. Sure, sure. I think because we have this, because I, I I like um, I think one thing that did come in really well is the. The difference between the attack and the defense. So attacker rolls. I really like defense that. roll. Mm-hmm. Originally, we had it where it was simply the number difference was the damage. Yeah. And of course, you got these weird situations where someone could roll a ten, someone could roll a zero, and like just absolutely floor. obliterated. But that now we have like the, you know, oh great, the difference between the two is a four, which on the chart means it's a moderate attack. So then, mm-hmm. so there's a degree of yeah, it depends on the weapon. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, or if you're using unarmed combat, it's your your strength. I wonder if could there be more made of the passive stat? Mm. Is it like so? Say you have okay. So we look at like the devils who you are fighting. So like the blue devil, uh, or if you hadn't guessed, all the devils were min maxed in a different way. Yeah. Sure. So the devil uh the blue devil had like really high dexterity, mm-hmm. the red was strength, and the green, oddly enough, was actually will. Oh. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but yeah, he he kinda had like because I was saying like his psychic powers were mm-hmm. will driven. Mm. Again, didn't quite mm-hmm. yeah. But the dex uh the blue guy had six dexterity. Right. So he was rolling mm-hmm. a load of dice. When, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh it's almost like but his passive Dexterity based on our chart would be three. Uh, <coughs> yes, yes, it's it would be half, three. Sorry, it? yeah, uh, we got this. Yeah, it's kind of like half. We got this weird little chart. So it would be three. So I don't know. I almost wonder. Like, is there something like? Can you, you never roll lower? Than you your never roll passive? lower than your passive, or like, something even if weird you do like roll that. Lower, uh, yeah, you always it, have it, your passive. It, yeah, it jumps up to the passive. Yeah, and while that means that. You're never going to roll a zero. It's not the difference between the attack and the defense roll which determines damage. So while you're never going to roll a zero, your opponent is never going to roll a zero as well. Yeah. So the combat skill sure. stands. I feel like there's not much point in having zeros on the die if we can't roll them. Hmm. Hmm. Or is. 
Although I guess it means you can roll a one. Or <laughs> do you get... Because it's like in Risk. Mm. Risk, for example. Uh, board game where they boiled combat down to perhaps the simplest way imaginable. A bit like the original version. You roll an attack dice, you roll attack die, you roll a defense die, difficulty between the two, you succeed or fail. Yes. That's it. And death is instantaneous. Yeah. But there's always like there's always something like if you're attacking, you have the advantage. Yeah. So if you match, you so win. The, yeah. the attacker always wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it something like because again, I feel defending. I've not quite got this blocking, dodging malarkey. Yeah, I, I, I right. don't think we. Ke- I don't think we stuck to the whole. Uh, if you block half down damage and you get a counter. And if you dodge, well, no, you don't get any damage. Well, you don't get to count the half damage thing doesn't doesn't work. Mm. I know we said it last time, but I thought. Well, I was, I was thinking about it afterwards. I was like, "Well, hang on, that doesn't that doesn't work." Because then, if you if you block and you just take half damage, then then you're always only going to take half damage because you blocked. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, the, we've got the combat difference, so there should be different outcomes for mm. the role. Mm. But yeah, but it's not quite perfect yet. Sure. But do we give an advantage to the person defending? So it's like we keep the zeros mm. in. So we say like, because you you're right. Like if we yeah. we have zeros on the dice, there should be a, re, a an outcome for it. I agree. But is it like if you're defending, you can never roll lower than your passive. But only if you're defending. But only if you're defending. So you can do a failed attack, but you almost can't ever do a critical fail defense. Yeah. Curious. Mm. Interesting. That would give the advantage to the defender, but maybe it's more story logical, because mm. it's like this, and and this is why in D anD D they separated it, didn't they? You have armor class and you have yeah. strength and attack. The likelihood of whether a hit lands and then what the hit is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because, but it also it it also means that it it might work because it means that you're not the defense is never not going to. What I'm trying to say, it will never be impossible to hit someone. Is what I'm trying to say because we have the combat difference. Yeah. So it's like, so say um, a character is very strong. They have six in a defending stat, but they roll badly. However, their passive defense kicks in. It's like the Red Devil. He was big and tough. And if Ali was shooting him, this is where it didn't quite make sense. If Ali's shooting him with a gun, you're not going to miss because, mm-hmm. say, you've just got a really good shot because he's big. But he's always going to be as strong as he is. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of makes, it doesn't make, he has a natural armour. Mm. So it, what I'm trying to say is it, story-wise, it doesn't make sense that a really strong character with natural armour rolls badly and then your uh, ray gun does more damage. Does more damage. It's like these things almost should be kind of fixed in a way. Like this guy is tough. So is your ray gun going to hurt him or not? Like the qualities of his armor are never going to change, mm-hmm. but we don't have a separate armor stat, mm-hmm. and I think that's wise because we don't know how too many numbers. That said, though, like you could argue the same about D and D. You could say that you're fighting an orc and he's got armor on and his armor class is 18, uh, and so you shoot him with an arrow, and you roll to hit and you roll a 16, so it doesn't hit. Yeah. But then the next time you roll, you get a critical 20 and it does hit. It's yeah. the same arrow, and nothing's changed about the orc, but one time it's hit and one time it hasn't. Mm. You could argue that that's on the basis of you fired it better, mm-hmm. and the orc defended himself less well. I guess, I guess the counter argument might be, if you compared two enemies where one had an armor class of eighteen, and one had an armor class of six, 
the ray gun is clearly going to be more effective against the one Absolutely. who's got an armor class of six. Greater likelihood. And like, if you're fighting an enemy where one is a really big, tough guy and the other is a really weedy guy, it would make sense mm-hmm. that the tough guy would have more... I think I think intre- one thing that's we, uh, not quite working is when we're, we're saying that when you defend, you can choose to defend with uh, strength or with dexterity. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason I think we kind of said that originally was that we didn't want to limit people if they had a very strong character. But yeah. we want to give people options. Well, but it also it, makes sense. It does make well. sense story-wise. Like, yeah. defending against strength is, you know, bracing yourself against the impact that's coming. Sure. Defending with dexterity is getting out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, also it's like, if you... Or something. Yeah. yeah. I guess realistically, I guess it's like, if you don't have time it's like sometimes you shouldn't have a choice and i think this is something i'm finding hard as a well no i I, i'd raise a a counterpoint to that and that is to say your choice could be what your character's reflex is so there are some people in this world like there's that hilarious vine of a clown that leaps out of a bin and the guy just turns around and smacks it in the face his reaction as a human being was to punch yeah but some people's reaction when they're scared is to hide or Mm -hmm. run away so you could argue that the choice that you make is an opportunity to roleplay. So when, when, when you get surprise attacked, the decision to either de- to defend with dexterity or strength is potentially to play into what your character would do. And therefore you are entitled to a choice there. Yeah, and, but even though that character has been surprised, they are aware of the attack. Exactly. And so, so they're reacting. Are you entitled to a choice in that moment? Or are you entitled to a choice when you're setting up your character and you're saying my character is a dexterous person? Or my character like is, a, put, is a flighty, scaredy person. Yeah, I've put more stats into blue than I have into any other. So that's dexterity. So yeah. if if I'm not given a choice, I have to go dexterity. Or maybe one time well, it's, I'm not it's, given a it's choice more like, to be red. It's more like, in a way, kind of you're overthinking it, I guess. You would, you would opt for it because it's your best stat. But the reason you're opting for it because it's your best stat is because that's... Who your character. character is. Yeah, true. Yeah, so you would go for your best stat because that's who you are. So we're kind are. of saying the same thing. Yeah. It's just that you're saying we don't need to be forced down that route because we would obviously choose our best mm-hmm. stat. Anyway. I, guess, I, I guess. Play to our strengths. Yeah. So I guess you would. You not? There have to be different outcomes for them. Mm. I feel like... You're if, absolutely right. If, I miss a thing. If your character is super quick, so, and let's use the clown in the bin analogy... <laughs> Clown, the classic game theory clown in the bin example. <laughs> the clown in the bin, mathematical paradox. The clown in the bin leaps out and startles you. What'd you do? You, Ali, are playing a super, you know, and your Weird. options are your, your options are strength or dexterity. And your yeah. character is has a really high dexterity and really low strength. Mm. Just like that. I would jump backwards. Yeah, so the, 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 the thing is, it's like you have, you should be able to make a choice. And I still feel that if you felt, if you had time to react, so it's the difference between an attack you can react to and, a, and, a surpri- and, a, and an attack you can't react to, like a sneak attack. Mm-hmm. Mm, but yeah, if you absolutely. have a choice, there should always be a risk reward. There should mm-hmm. be a, a pro and a con to each. Mm-hmm. So it should be like, if you choose to dodge, something happens. Mm-hmm. There's a benefit to it. If you choose to defend, there's a different benefit to mm-hmm. it. But you'd have to weigh up which one you want to go to, go for. Mm. And because your stats are different, you go like, oh man, if I if I dodge, 
that's going to be really easy because I've got I'm mm-hmm. dexterous. Mm-hmm. But but if I want to punch the guy, if I want to punch the clown, <laughs> that's good because I'll hurt the clown. Mm. Deal some damage. But it will be hard because my stats, my stats are low. Yeah, you have to make that choice. Sure. But I think it was in essence what we were trying to do with the you can block or you you can defend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we're quite a lot of the way there. Yeah. I also think that, that some of this is potentially uh, DM discretion. Yeah. So, for example, yeah. if you are in charge of an NPC, uh, an enemy, who is doing a sneak attack on us, rather than saying, you are sneak attacked, how do you defend? Instead, you go, hey, Nick, roll a strength roll. And I'm like, what? Because yeah. my strength's really low. But I don't get to choose yeah. because the DM is surprising me with this moment. Yeah, and you roll badly and he's like, you don't know what happens, but you feel a pain in your shoulder. And exactly. You look over and, and there's, there's a blade stuck in yeah. your back or something. Well, yeah. Well, can we talk about that then? Because I think that's... This is the problem I have. Is like, from a DM's perspective, it's like you have these two kinds of attacks mm-hmm. or three kinds of attacks. One... Combat is initiated. You're both facing each other. It's like diddly 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 diddly. <laughs> yeah. You, you roll strategy. You determine your order, and then like, oh, what's the what are the official boxing rules? Like, uh, <laughs> Marquis de Finsbury or something. Marquis de Finsbury rule. You take it in turns to punch each other in the face. Yeah. Because you're gentlemen, and that's how you fight. <laughs> Option two: clown in the bin. <laughs> you know, the cla- I'm so glad this is terminology though. The clown leaps out at you. And it's a surprise attack. And you have no choice. The, you're in combat the attack is launched mm-hmm. but you have time to make a choice sure so that's reaction mm-hmm. reaction yeah so you've got combat you've got reaction and then the final one is sneak truly sneak you are going about your business shopping in a marketplace you're having a great time I'm an assassin and I, I see you you don't see me mm-hmm. I have a perfect shot and I shoot you no, and this has happened purely that. hopefully because there have been perception and stealth checks before yeah. that which yeah. the character has failed and the NPC has won and therefore the DM is in a prime position to know that the stealth is active yeah. and therefore will succeed and that's I think when you would say you would dictate I yeah. would like you to make a power uh, a will saving throw and you force us down a road that we may not be strong in purely because we have no way of choosing on the assumption that say blocking a physical attack is all a physical attack that hits you is always going to be linked to strength Mm -hmm. is that the idea and if for example you were then faced with a, a weird situation where you had this perfectly stealthy NPC who snuck up on us completely unaware and then tried to lodge a dagger in our back and we you forced us to do a random strength roll and we somehow roll better than the attacker. Yeah. At that point, I guess it would be a story reason for why his mm. completely perfect stealth yeah. attack utterly failed. Yeah. Like that yeah. is to say... There was a mirror a pigeon, and you yeah. saw yeah. them coming. Or there was a Bible yeah. in my pocket and it stabbed that. It's, well, you know, a pigeon so. flew in his face. <laughs> but, but it's like, this is, and this is why we have, like say, the combat difference chart. So the idea is like, yeah. the assassin is lurking in the marketplace sees you, raises a bow and arrow, notches it, and lets fly. And I go, like, Lucy, make a strength. You know, yeah. You'll yeah. Be, you're under attack. Make a strength uh, saving defense mm-hmm. roll. Yeah. You roll, and you you roll so much better than the attack. <laughs> and I go, crap. Like, yeah, that is a not only... So if you successfully... The arrow bounces off my skull. Well, we've got a peck, and it just deflects it. <laughs> well, we've got the options. Are You fail the roll, yeah. and it hurts you. You succeed the roll, and you def- and you defend it. Yeah. It doesn't hurt you. Um, we also have this third option where it's like you super succeed the roll, yeah. and 
something extra happens. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's never going to be that you gain that much of a bonus, but if anything, it's going to be that the enemy critically fails. Yeah. Mm. And I guess it's, it's more weighted maybe against the enemy him. falls over. Yeah. Yeah, mud in his eyes or something. Like yeah. That. And this is a bit. I'm. Yeah. The more I kind of say it, the more I'm not sure that the counter thing is quite right at the moment because if it was, if this was like armor class, say in D and D, it's like your the armor doesn't like ever super save. Yeah. It's like the armor looks like really kind of set, like the armor flexed and the, the arrow went backwards. The armor always killed, stays the same. I killed the assassin with the blunt end, you know. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Like I'm. Um, Maybe it's it is just more context that you know if you really super block something, you say you know for example if you had a shield and it was a sword coming in at you, and they really really save, you say something like the Design. enemy staggers back. Mm. And is slightly stunned, or yeah, the sword like they drop their sword, and you now have an opportunity to like kick them in the butt while yeah. they bend down to pick it up or something. I, and I guess this goes down to what you were saying, Lucy, in the battle. It's like if there is a point blank energy attack yeah. or a point blank arrow coming at your character, like in D and D, you roll armor class, and if you succeed, we might just say, "Oh, it missed." Yeah, like, but. Because we don't have that, yeah. it's gonna hit you. Yeah. So either like you flex and the photons kind of like <laughs> bounce off your muscles, or the arrow just lodges in your super thick skin but doesn't hurt. Mm. Or you do. I don't know. Well, you know what I'm I saying? mean, actually, like I'm actually, to... there was, there was. I guess there was capacity with the greens' uh, eye beam attack. Yeah. Because, because that's not a ray gun. That's not going to be a standard, like. Uh, standard amount of force every time because it's his ability to launch that attack that yeah. dictates how strong it is. Mm. So potentially you could argue that if uh, if he fired those beams from his eyes and uh, Lucy, you rolled a high strength, mm-hmm. toughness, defence, it was because his beam wasn't very strong. Yeah, and it, and it just kind of like splashed off or mm. something. But I did also yeah. feel that I feel like you were trying to you were trying to throw me a lifeline there. I don't think you should have done. I think. Ratuar's build is just not built to face off against that. Ratuar's reaction to that should have been to run away. And was, yeah. eventually. Because mm-hmm. as a character, as a as as a build of combatant, he simply cannot handle that. Mm. That's very true. We, we, as players, are also obligated to play to our strengths yeah. from a role-playing perspective. Mm-hmm. I think this is actually like, this is actually a really interesting point. It's kind of hit the hit the nail on the head because and I keep going back to D&D but I'm sure there's other systems that use this but they have one one stat yeah. that governs defence mm-hmm. and depending on the outcome we come up with a story reason yeah. to dictate why it didn't hurt you mm-hmm. because we have two different stats we have strength and dexterity we've we've already pigeonholed us into an outcome yes yeah. yes yes I do think it's quite interesting that like you said um John, you kind of touched on it that um, this thing is happening. Yeah. How much damage does it do? There's no um, room for this person fudges it up. Mm. You know, it's like if someone shoots an arrow at my character, it is going to hit me. They are always a perfect aim. Yeah. How do I dodge or deal with it? Um, well, that's because is... he'd already rolled. And I guess if you, I think if you two were in straight up combat, mm-hmm. I would have an attack roll attacking you yeah uh, and you would have a defense role mm. 
if you're if you end up defending so let's just if we just completely ignore the counter thing so i don't mm. think that's quite working mm. your defense role is higher than my attack role Mm-hmm. Then we come up with a story reason where I'm like, oh, I missed, yes. or yeah, or yeah. maybe you knocked yes. it aside or something. Yeah. I think there's something. It's when it, it, it's when the it's in those rare scenarios where it is going to happen. Yeah. There's no escaping it, and you have no time to consciously yeah. defend against it. What stat mm. do we fall back mm-hmm. on? Yeah, it's just interesting that D and D has that extra layer of. Do you even manage to do it? Mm. And then how well, mm. yeah. how effective is it? And I see um, now why. Because from a storytelling perspective, <laughs> yeah. it makes a it's hell like, of a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, whereas the way we've got it, which isn't necessarily worse, I just think it needs No, but, it, but it's a problem, it's like yeah. an arrow is coming at you. Like, it's just, yeah. it is happening. Like, that person is just able to shoot an arrow every single time at you. Mm. And yes, you block it, but it's still got to you yeah yeah it's it's it's, you can and it's interesting like you can see it as as nick said it's like it's almost like they play tested D &D for years (laughs) it's almost like this is a problem this game's over 40 years old yeah (laughs) because yeah you're right it's like the arrow hits you but did it hit a artery did it hit uh you know how hard did he pull back the string it's Um, like there's an example we were in our D D game we recently had to scale a landslide and um, half of our campaign was just us scrambling up the side of the thing. You made it up and then fell off because you were stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't stupid. There wasn't even an enemy that we were fighting. <laughs> so I think it's sometimes interesting if you can fail at doing something, mm. even if there's no enemy, even if it's like I mm. try and take cover. Oh, you yeah. trip and smash your face and yeah. take one damage. Story-wise, <laughs> it's great to be able to fail. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So I think but we need like, to... I, I could have failed when i when i said to john like i want to jump behind a counter and take mm. cover i don't know what difficulty you set on that but i've only got two yeah. strategy and i rolled like a three or something didn't that's I? the thing because the wall won't have like a defending yeah. strategy to mm. say you don't no, yeah john has, his, don't... john has his difficulty check i do have that's a difficulty true. check yeah you must have set it at easy because she was right next yeah to and i, d- and I yeah. did think well that's not hard like it's mm-hmm. right in front of you i mean but again it's also weird where if it's that if it's that easy how do you, why do you fail? Yeah, yeah. that's... Um, I, I trip over the edge of the counter and... That's something, that to be fair, that even, even D&D yeah. struggles with that. Yeah. Like, you can have the easiest... What what sounds like the easiest thing for a yeah. character to do, and you can roll a one. And a one in D&D language is critical fail, no matter yeah. what. So you can't add your modifier. So how does a DM come with, up with a reason <laughs> for why you failed at climbing over a counter? Yeah. You know, and, and, and so usually the, the best DMs are quite creative with yeah. that. And it's not so much that they failed climbing over the counter, but potentially a critical fail means that the enemy intercepts mm. before you've completed yeah. that action. Yeah. So it's less about you failing at climbing over a counter, because yeah. that's ridiculous, and instead something else happens. I think yeah. in like D&D 4... They actually released um, a critical fail deck. Uh, yes. Like, yeah, so in fact, our DM uses one. Oh, right. yeah, so if you yeah. rolled a one, you had to take the top card of the deck and it would tell you what happened to you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think it is... Whilst whilst the numbers are important and the rules help control the fun, <laughs> the um, it, it is important to maintain storiness to it. Like mm. Above yes. all else, this is a role-playing game and it should be about story and role-playing. Yeah. True. I think I think you need a solid foundation of rules to fall back on, mm-hmm. though, because then it means you don't have to 
think about these things because then otherwise I guess everything it could just be a story and we yeah which is great and, and I know there are there are RPG systems which are entirely yeah. story based and well, we don't we've played Fiasco yes yeah. that's true which, yeah. yeah was there any dice in that no. no dice you had little cards that's right yeah, for yeah items yeah. and things and relationships and stuff that's right I think it's just like combat works fine I think at the moment uh, when you're both aware you're in combat Mm-hmm. And you're kind of leaping at each other because that's when the story leaps in to mm-hmm. fill in the blanks. That's yes, where yes. certain things have to be governed by chunks, yeah, with modifiers. And then we, because then, because then otherwise you'd never lose the story. It'd be like kids in a playground. They go, like, "No, no, I do that because I have an invincibility shield or something." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you occasionally have to have things happen beyond your control, and then the story and the creativity come in to kind of mm-hmm. agreed. Which is why, you know, you're saying that hypothetical situation, it's weird that the attack will hit. Yeah. Like, there's no, in a sneak, yeah, and, and it's tough. Like, that's something mm. I was struggling on. Like, when someone's trying to make a sneak attack, the defender is at a massive disadvantage mm. because it's just going to hit. Yeah. Like, there's no, yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if there is a way that we can use our passive stats in a way, like, as a defence, like, if if someone's trying to sneak attack me and they can't even beat my dexterity, well, like passive, why? Well, that's a really good point. Maybe I is it just immediate fail? Maybe I selectively forgot stuff because when you were fighting the blue devil mm. and his back was turned, and well, we you hit him, we fought against his passives. Yeah, because mm. he was unaware. So that is a yeah. that is a stealth mm. attack. Well, was that was that not our sort of proto disadvantage? Yeah. That you were trying to apply there, which yeah. we've now said is rolling one more or one less die. No, I, I did kind of, I mean, for, in terms of like an advantage, I was quite happy to say that like you use mm-hmm. your, you, you add you add a dice or something. Yeah. Um, I still think if the character, fit, and, and there were a couple of times when you're fighting the Red Devil, where it's like, well, he's blind now or his back is turned, mm-hmm. we're going to use the passive stat. Mm. Like, I mean, I don't know if that works. So you're walking through a marketplace assassin perfect shot you have no idea shoots an arrow the arrow is coming towards your head mm-hmm. it's gonna hit you no matter what it's like i have to roll a combat roll for the bow and arrow which is like oh it's strength how how much can you pull the bow back mm-hmm. your and your defense i i will go what is your passive strength because mm-hmm. i'm like you can't dodge it it's gonna hit you mm-hmm. But my role will determine the strength of the attack. So the outcome, and if your passive strength is higher than the attack, mm. then I'm like, okay, yeah, the arrow bounces off your head or something like that. You take no damage. <laughs> yeah. or... What if? What if we sort of take a leaf out of D&D's book, but we still apply our system? So D&D's strength with defense is that there's one stat, there's the armor class, and it's fixed. What if we said that we have equivalently an armor class mm-hmm. but it's just our dexterity because that makes the most sense mm. from a, from a standard way of defending practically no fighter no matter how tough or strong they might be would defend purely by just going and clenching every muscle they have and just taking it in the chest mm-hmm. they would probably still try and avoid it on some level whether it means just to move so it hits a different part of them where they're tougher or literally get out the way of the attack what if we said that dexterity was the only way that you could check whether an attack lands mm-hmm. and also determines how much damage it does. And you don't say it lands 
until we've done the rolls. So you essentially say, so-and-so readies attack. You roll, I roll dexterity. The outcome depends on whether or not that attack lands mm. and how much damage it does. If I can beat it with my dexterity, the attack misses. I don't know, because what if you had, what if you were muscle and you didn't have any dexterity, but you had a shield, you would be someone who would just take hits. With you'd your shield? Of, yeah, you'd put your shield up, take it, and then put it down. And Unless if a shield had some kind of ability, that was yeah. the shield, like the shield goes, oh, if you're wielding the shield, you get... And then you roll for the shield. Well, can I... Can I float? Because I think you're right. The problem is that we have there are different outcomes to combat. Yes. Blocking, dodging, taking damage, whatever. Uh, and as you say, it's simpler in D and D because there's only one defense stat, stat. Mm-hmm. and then Scory leaps in to go, "Oh, it missed. Oh, you dodged. Oh, oh it hit you, but didn't do it." Off your arm yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, another thing that we haven't really worked out yet is 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 kind of like speed. And mm. actions. Um, radical notion. This may not work. If we said, look, combat is only governed by one stat. Like, if, like if it's physical, okay, it's your strength. I'm just floating it out there. Sure. So, because right now, um, you, you have a ray gun, mm-hmm. Ali, and we said that the ray gun is governed by um, dexterity. Yeah. Because we had strength and dexterity yeah. as our kind of combat things, and it kind of made a story kind of sense. Because I'm like, yeah, I I could be really strong or I could be really weak, but that's not going to affect the gun. Yeah. But dexterity might be like a oh how it's almost like a hand-eye coordination sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is that's and it's annoying because that's a situation where what we have really works. Like yeah, it kind of yeah, makes yeah. sense where you go like, well, I could be a strong character, or I could be a dexter, I could be a dexterous character, mm. but it. But it's, it's in defending where this becomes kind of well, tough. Do we have an armour class rating? Yeah. But just call it something different. And we roll for it. You know, does that just come with your race? Your race naturally has a, a resistance of four. And maybe as you level up... And you roll four dice for that. Is that what you're saying? No, I was just going to say of four. Just to keep things simple. Like any attack under four just doesn't penetrate. So it's a, your so it's a bit like it's a bit like a passive because we we floated that idea yeah. briefly earlier. The idea that yeah. when you're defending, you just have a passive stat. Yeah. yeah. But you need that difference. So you need the difference between the attacker's roll and your defense stat to determine how powerful their attack is. Yes. So that's why I'm proposing that whatever this armor stat is mm. is also a roll. I don't know because. We're talking about just your natural ability to withstand an attack. But like, the beauty of it is, if it's called defence, that could mean anything. It's actually potentially better than D&D's term, which is armour class, despite the fact that... You might you, not be wearing any armour at all. You could be yeah. dexterous and, and acrobatic to avoid attacks, and yet your armour class is still high. Mm-hmm. That's why they use the word class. But if we had a term called defence, mm-hmm. then you could have a lot of dice to roll and that's not necessarily because you're wearing full plate armour it's because you can move like a sneaky sneaky little poo yeah <laughs> I guess the extent yeah ex- ex- mm. and it's... then you can just say how you defend so oh I, I have a defence of five so I roll my five dice and I do really well uh, okay I choose to avoid the incoming attack mm. or you might say mm-hmm. I choose to to flex. Um, to flex your muscles <laughs> and snap it in half. You know, we can just choose... Because right now, we're, we're... Right now, that's, that's kind of how combat works, isn't it? Like, we, you you roll... You know, that was my dice. Sound it's really, it's really yeah. good. It's really good. Yeah, you roll 
I roll, we work out the difference, that affects the damage. I mean, that seems yeah. kind of fair. Yeah. But yeah, but, so then... Sorry, I'm trying to work it out. So yeah, so then we have a defense stat, which is the same. You roll you roll dice. Yeah. And yeah. That kind of... So the question is, yeah, where does that number come from? So is I, it all... I would say that your race has something to do with it. And then anything like else you're wearing or... The wearing things can add dice to that. Yeah, like obviously if you had a shield or if you had... You could add an extra dice in defence. Because I think it should always be dice because what Lucy was saying earlier, we're like getting confused with modifiers and and maths is the whole USP of what we don't want to do with this game. Yeah, we don't want to overcomplicate it. Everything should be a number of Mm -hmm. dice so that it's very clear to you how many dice you roll to do a thing. Apart from passive... Apart from passive, because okay, passive right. is fine, because that's... that's Plus, they're very small numbers. And they're not yes. added to or multiplying yeah. things. Yeah. They're just a number, and, and all, all the only way it works is the DM goes, what is your passive? And you go, two, and it's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. So you don't have to do any math. But if you have defence now, yes. a defence stat, do you also have a passive defence? What am I trying to say? I, think I don't think you need one. Is passive. Your defense stat is it's always, always passive. passive. So you it's don't, always going to be there the same. So you don't roll dice for your defence. Well, oh, this is what I'm saying. That's... Because right, because right now you don't roll dice for your passive. Well, no. Again, this is this is governed by story. So, clown in the bin scenario. Yeah. <laughs> um, you roll your defense, despite being surprised. Yeah. And uh, if you roll well. Yeah. Then story wise explains how and why you were able to survive a surprise attack. So, how does the passive stat work? In well, defense. That would be against sneak attack. Like if it's a sneak attack, you don't get to roll. You just have to use the dice. I don't know. Is that too? So you need I a. See what you're saying. So what you say? So really, we need two defense stats. We need a reg, a defense stat, and a passive defense stat. Well, I mean, everything else has a passive version of itself, yeah. doesn't it? And it's it's you know like that sort of rough half. I guess we could say that. That, that would, would be make fine. sense. And maybe your defense is calculated through your strength plus dexterity. I was actually something. I was actually wondering: oh. is there a way we can generate the number? Yes, from, from a relationship between You can also yeah. add your strength plus dexterity passive to get your passive number now the, the thing is that would uh rather than adding them because that would that would make it, it your maybe, highest stat yeah, yeah. Maybe it would take much. all our roles into like a new order of yeah, magnitude yeah. but finding a, a halfway point between them i think might be a good idea so for example i have a strength of two and a dexterity of four so maybe you add them and halve it or is it up i don't know i don't want to keep just, like just add the passive stuff yeah i was gonna say oh, yeah. i don't want to like make the it's, it's it seems like complex maths but it's like okay so Add these stats, and work out it. your passive, <laughs> add the passives together, that's your defence. I like it. Stat. And then you can work out a passive defence stat. Because your... the beauty of that system is that Capella, for example, like I would never defend with strength because it's two. I would always defend with dexterity because it's four. But my defence would be exactly between the two by yeah. virtue of using my mm. uh, passives, and I would end up with three, which is still good. Yeah. So, so it, but interestingly, so... If then your defense is an entirely new stat uh-huh. generated from the others, you have an active and passive defense, then can we take. So, because the choice at the moment between strength and dexterity is the type of attack you do or the type of defense you do, we're taking that away. Sure. We're saying you have defense. We are. So, can we find other things to tie to your strength and dexterity? So, does strength literally come down to. I want to lift this this brick. Yeah, or kick I, a door and in. And I go, give me a strength check. And is dexterity 
what determines your speed or your actions? I was going to suggest whether we all have a base speed. Maybe every race has its own speed. So I would imagine that Rituar's race would have a higher speed because you're quite tall. Maybe Lynette would have a slightly lower base speed because she's quite short. But then you add your dexterity. But I quite like John's idea of your dex being your speed. Sure, that's, no, I'm saying your dexterity is your speed, but also I think your race should play a role well, in that well, maybe, as well. well. Maybe it comes down to the character creation. Because right now it's like you have 20 points to assign into eight, <laughs> holding mm. up fingers, yeah. eight stats. But if you're going like, okay, I'm going to play as an ATAR and I'm going to build my character. And the ATAR character building rules could be an ATAR must have at least three mm. in strength or something like that. So when you're building, it's like you go, okay, well, right, that limit, like limits my options yeah. where I have to mm. put some mm-hmm. into there. I mean, I think I think I did it with like the races get a bonus in something. Mm. So like I think the eight R get a bonus in strength or That's, will, yeah. or will one or the other because they're yeah bigger and stronger. You could do it something like you always have sixteen points to spend mm-hmm. and four of them will be pre-allocated to mm-hmm. you depending on your race. So you still get twenty points, but maybe four of them yeah. you don't that's get. Not, to that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. And and that, in a weird way, that takes it back to what we were saying about or what I was saying about modifiers. Because mm-hmm. then it's like the base abilities of my character and ATAR means it's like you roll a dice plus two. Or really, in this situation, the ATAR will never have a strength less than two, yeah. just because of their racial build. Exactly. But I want him to be a pretty beefy ATAR. So I'm gonna, yeah. But it also might limit min-maxing, because mm-hmm. rather than having like, oh, my my character has one in every stat, and then I can't do the math, <laughs> and then 13 in yeah. one yeah. field, it might go, it, it would limit that, because then you go like, look, you're a human, dickhead. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. you can't have, you like, yeah. you have to have at least three in dexterity yeah. or something like because that. Because your race was given two as an innate ability. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think a lot of this stuff can also come through in the abilities that we were talking about with levelling up as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe um, ATAR in their like levelling up uh, ability tree have more things that add to yeah. speed or defence yeah. or whatever it is we're talking about. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it's like you have to you should only, necessarily be at the yeah, end. Because you should only have to do this once, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh great, we do a character creation, but then, hey, you guys have levelled up. And it's like, I get to pick a new ability. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, okay, I get to pick a level one ability uh, from my race. Oh, and it has an ability which is just called plus one to strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I throw plus one into strength. Oh, look at that. That changes my passive strength. Yeah. Yes. Oh, which and changes, changes my, my defense. defense. Yeah. Yeah. And then it and then your character suddenly starts mm-hmm. so growing. We should remember that we are like we are level one characters as well. Yeah. That's another like, yeah. thing to remember. It should be, be hard for us yeah. to kill giant telekinetic floating robots. Definitely. But at the same yeah. it was a tough battle, that was the whole yeah. point. Mm. At the same time, I guess as a as a DM, like I I shouldn't throw stuff at you which is overpowered. Mm. And I guess at the Not moment it's hard to tell what is overpowered yeah. at the moment mm. because so just as a thought experiment then assuming we uh we go with this and we say that like you now have an active and a passive defense yeah and your active defense is your passive strength plus your passive dexterity what would everyone's be three 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 okay That's interesting isn't it <laughs> so then based on wait the, hang on I... passive strength and passive dexterity yeah what's this for Oh yeah, sorry for. 
Oh, sorry, it's because I was thinking a very, very clever, good thought while you asked me that question. I was distracted. And it came out of your mouth as three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a thought. Yeah. Good, isn't it? Um, that if we're going to have things like spells, you, the way that we've set out this table is that the left-hand column across red, blue, green and purple is very much physical. Yeah. The right-hand column of those four colours is mental. Yeah. yeah. What if we also used a similar... Um, way of adding two together oh. to create your spell casting ability mm. or something similar. Well, if to we've that. done it once, it opens the door mm. to doing it again. Yeah. So it should, we should have a different name than spell, yeah, I think. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. So you've very much got your defense, which makes sense. It's physical defense. And then you've maybe got your mental strength or your mental defense, mm-hmm. which is the way that you can. I always thought that was supposed to be what will was. It was like mm. your... Yeah, mental fortitude. Yeah, your knowledge of yourself and yeah. your ability to fend off anyone trying to persuade you otherwise, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a thought. So we're saying your defence score is your passive strength plus your passive dexterity, yeah. right? Yes. So for me, that's a three. Yes. Mm-hmm. That means when I'm defending and I'm aware of the attack, yes. I get to roll three dice. Yes. Are we saying that my passive defence score is just three? Uh, no, uh, your passive much. I, I, I. Oh, it I, works in the same way as the others. Yeah. So looking at the passive stat chart on the quick reference sheet, it would be two. It would be two. Fine. Okay. Cool. Do we think that is worth pursuing? No, just two, two fix. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Passive stats cool. don't work with dice. They're the only yes, ones that don't. Definitely. And I would make an argument for. I know we're kind of getting off track here so you've got strength and dexterity are physical i would then say that green and purple mental so knowledge and inspiration would be the, the sort spell of more magical side of things so if when you're creating your character they're kind of very much on the opposite spectrums mm. of one another yeah, like so that. if you want to be good at both you maybe might be quite strong and not dexterous and quite knowledgeable but not inspired well again to, to try and have, yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if we've done this weird kind of combination of stats, which I think mm. is good, because it, it means from having only eight numbers and then by dividing them mm-hmm. and then combining them, you get new numbers which are linked mm. and influenced by your main stats. So you get complexity out of a, hopefully, Lucy, a simple kind of mm-hmm. eight stats. Again, we either do it once and we leave it there and we never do it again. But it's interesting because it does open the mm. door for other... It's like you'd almost have to pick a name. Like we've come up... We've said that defence is the combination of those two strats. Yeah. Strats? Stats. Mm-hmm. So then it's like you'd need another name, like a... Yeah. I almost wonder... I mean, you could add them in pairs all over, can you? Yeah. Like strategy and charisma would almost be like an intimidation, wouldn't it? Because if you're seeing another way to fight... W- combined with charisma, you could almost like scare someone into like not fighting anymore. Yeah, true. Well, it's tough because we've we I guess we've not actually had like a charisma uh, combat check, mm. but that was the whole point of the charisma stat yeah. in a weird way to go like, oh, I'm gonna. It's like we've come up with defense, but defense. It's like anything in the chart on the left, mm. you should always be able to roll a check against them. I was gonna, yeah. This plays into what I was a point I was gonna make because if someone makes a psychic attack on you, yeah, are we gonna roll defense? You could say mm. that the DM has the right to go. Actually, you're not rolling defense to, to vent against this. You're rolling will. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. and it's interesting because uh, with the green, uh, yeah. a devil, he kind of actually had two attacks. 
Sure. One was, it's a beam. Yeah. It's physical damage. Eyes. And the other was the paralysis attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the paralysis attack didn't do damage. It just stopped us moving. It, it just paralyzed you. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I would say, okay, he's doing his paralysis attack. Give me a will saving yeah. throw. Now he's blasting you. Now do a defense. Yeah, defense roll. I like it. I like mm. that. That's robust. So, I mean, could we have this chart of the eight numbers with four either side tying them together? I guess... Saying, this is your defense. This is your intimidation. This is your... The only... If I may, the only problem I have with uh, intimidation mm. is that you might do an intimidation check. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're doing a check against something, mm -hmm. it should be one of the eight base okay. numbers. Which would be charisma or his own. I think maybe right. if we, uh, at the moment we've been doing a lot of combat work, yeah. which is you know the point of this for the time being, maybe other ways of combining these stats will present themselves as we mm. go further along. And we'll know, we'll, it will become obvious mm. what the use of Yeah, maybe is. we let it happen a bit more organically, yeah. I guess, because this one has. And, and, and out of fighting, we've learned what we need to do to fight. Mm. I think we should certainly keep it in the back of our minds mm. what these other combinations of stats mm. could be. But for now, maybe it's a question of waiting to see how they surface. Sure. Because it's like the defence stat we've generated works in a completely different way mm. to the, these eight Scott. So it's yeah. like if it ever came down to like intimidation, I'd say do a charisma check, yeah, and then we let you know whether yeah, it sure. succeeded. Because um, like something like will and deduction, I think would combine to be like constitution or something. Yeah. You know? so oh yeah. yeah. Um, it's like of, resistance to poison yeah, or something yeah, like, that. like that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh no. Oh, oh um, yeah. It's interesting because like if it were mental domination, like I'm using my psychic powers, I'd go, oh, give me a will mm. saving throw. But you talk about abilities. It could almost be like I'm just. Like in in uh, in D and D, you have spell slots. Yeah. It would be like, what's your will and your deduction added together? Mm. Those are your ability slots. You can have three abilities yeah. active at a time, or something like that. I'm not saying that's a right answer. Yeah. Just, it's giving you a stat mm. which is useful, but works in a different yeah. how, way. Yeah. How about just sort of spitballing here? The eight main stats are your attacking action stats, and the ones that branch off of it, like defense or whatever, are ones that we defend with and are ones that you dictate so if if you say oh there's a, uh, an attack coming in and I say oh I'd like to defend against that you're like okay please make a physical defence saving throw I think we're back in the Ooh. first problem again if we do that because mm -hmm. then you're having to choose how to defend again that's the whole point of creating defence yeah. in the first place was to make it one defence stat sure okay I, I, I think at the moment what we've got to keep in mind is Lucy's point that the USP is to is to create a simple but yes. robust set of rules. Yeah. I think having eight stats with each passive and then one defense stat, I think is really good for now. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to hold on to that for the minute, roll with that for a bit, okay. and see if we need to add more complexity yeah. further down the line. I do mm -hmm. feel like so. once, we, once we're doing more character-driven storytelling, other things will probably present themselves. Yeah, that absolutely agree. We need yeah. to sort out. And yeah, and I, th I think... Ali, like combining the, the other stats is the logical thing to do. Mm. And, Completely. Yeah, we, really and, and we should pursue that. And I think, as Lucy was saying, let's see what comes up. Yeah. Let's yeah. see when we have a gap that needs filling, we'll go, well, look, how can we organically generate a number out of these which will mm. allow us to do something else? Yeah. I mean, it's, in it's interesting because I'm, because I, I think if we find other things to tie strength and Dexterity too. Mm -hmm. Down the line, maybe it's health. Yeah, I don't know. True. Like because yeah. at the moment you've given us all the same health. Yeah, which is certainly I something that in we. In the original rules, I mixed the health that you had 
to your race. So sure. the idea was is that you would have, I think I said like humans get five dice worth plus ten. So it was like you roll five dice, you add ten, that's mm. your your health. Um, obviously John's now knocked that down by half. And as it turned out, How I think we all he? we all ended up with the same life points from different calculations. Mm. Um, which is interesting because I, I put a reasonable amount of dice maths into that. <laughs> um, we just all ended up with, I guess, the absolute average of what you can roll <laughs> with that many dice. I mean, yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see, like, right now, we d I just gave you all eight health. I was yeah. like, why not? It's just like a starting thing. But it, it's interesting because say, like, I go... Say speed. Like we haven't worked out speed, but say dexterity is the stat that governs your speed mm. or your actions. So I want my character to be able to do a lot in their turn. So I'm going to pump stats into dexterity. Mm. But by doing so, I'm like, oh, okay, well, he's not very strong. Yeah. Like it would have made the blue devil fight go very differently because mm. mm. I was just using dexterity as an attack roll mm -hmm. and it made no difference from whether he was strong mm. or whether he was you know strategic or whatever but like it'd be interesting because he had a dexterity of six and a strength of two and it'd be interesting if the dexterity governs how many things he can do mm, in an action, action points almost. so say it was like oh i don't know your passive dexterity mm -hmm. is how many actions you get in a turn okay i'm just but his strength is only two mm -hmm. so he can make three attacks but they're weak. They're all really yeah. weak or something like that. I don't yeah. know if that's the I mean, say or... if I were... Because I've got five dexterity, so I have five action points. Say if I said I wanted to climb passive. up a tree, you might say, that's three action points. Do you mm. want to really spend that? So, yeah, I'm like, oh, maybe I won't. Or I want to go over to the baddie. Okay, that's two action points because he's a little way away. So one thing you I know, think so we the... need to avoid is like, D&D um, &D always has this thing of like if you're a human you have a base speed of 30 feet per turn mm. nobody keeps track of that no, no. Like, unless, you're, combat, unless you're playing yeah. on a grid yeah. that's the only way yeah. in combat yeah it's easier yeah. but it can get yeah it can get so like I know when, when I used to play D&D 3.5 we started using miniatures just because there were so many arguments about where I was you know, yeah. where every character yeah. was in reference to the the bad guy of mm. the day that we were just like let's just each just go out and buy a cheap Warhammer model yeah. and put them on the table because <laughs> yeah I do quite like that idea about action points by dexterity because it almost becomes like XCOM or something yeah. like that it's like that was kind of what, I, that was what I was thinking like yeah yeah like you can either spend that on moving or spend it on attacks or yeah and that's kind of up to the yeah. DM to say that's going to cost you all of your done. action points <laughs> so you have a, I have one you have one but that kind of makes sense that you're not going to be moving around a lot yeah. because you need to be close combat because you yeah. have a spear so you're kind of just going to get up in their face and stay there the danger <laughs> is though whether it's fun for mm. Lucy if, 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 if you know your turn mine's four yours is five you know we're spending ages on our turns mm. and Lucy goes so what's, what's everyone's mm. dexterity at the moment five four one. Okay, so what are you, sorry, what are your passive dexterities then? Three. Two. <laughs> three, two, one. Yeah. So based on that at the moment, you'd be able to do three actions mm -hmm. a turn, you'd be able to do two actions, you'd be able right. to do one. So there's quite a bit of variation mm. there already, but it's, back, it's not perfect, but it, it would at least reflect your characters. Mm. You're small and nimble, Ali. Mm. Lucy, you know, you're big and strong, mm. and Nick, you're somewhere in the middle. Mm. Now... The question is whether, like, three actions per turn, what do we mean by that? Does that mean you get three shots off of your gun? Mm. Is that overpowered? Or do we say, like, maybe your gun, because you've got a card here, it says how many action points a shot on that is worth. Mm -hmm. We're getting a bit mathsy now, mm. aren't we? Mm. 
Um, <clears throat> and alternative, and again, not to like, it's not like regression to the mean, but it's like, okay, what's your dexterity? Oh, blue devil, six. What's his passive dexterity? Oh, it's three. So he has, so it's three. And, and, that, and that applies to scats. Mm-hmm. So it all just goes into scats. So maybe your speed, just throwing it out there, you take your passive dexterity, don't want to make it too complex, and apply it to the passive scat chart again. Mm-hmm. So I go, okay, so how do you calculate speed? Okay, take your passive dexterity and run it through the chart again. So if he's got a passive dexterity of three, he has a speed of two. So then do we make actions fewer, but more powerful? So, mm. so then he can do two actions per turn. I think that this is too complicated. That's yeah, too that complicated. sounds like too far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm wondering whether we you get more or less actions per turn with abilities in your grid. So mm. we, we, we dial it right back to everyone has one ability per turn mm-hmm. and maybe one bonus action, which is non-combative. Yeah, yeah. so moving, yeah. talking. Yeah, or hiding, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then someone like the Blue Devil, if you wanted him because he's a speed build and you wanted him to be able to do more per turn, yeah. you essentially assign him a bonus action. Mm. Well, well, but how does how do actions work then? Do we, is it like... So we, we, you we get, need to decide that, yeah. You have one action, and right now we're saying it is a roll. Yeah. But is it like, do we instead say you get a combat action and you get a movement action or something like that? Or? Yeah. I feel like there maybe should be like an active thing that you do and a passive thing that you do. Okay. Perhaps. So one roll and one non-roll thing. Okay. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like movement isn't a roll. No. Not unless Yelling you're trying to do something. someone isn't a roll. No. Unless you're trying to yeah. jump across a cavern. Yeah. yeah. Or, like cavern? Chasm. Chasm. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Chasm. Yeah. Chasm. <laughs> um, in which case you probably do yeah, need yeah, to do yeah. a check. But yeah, I think your dexterity, I think, would just govern how far you might get within that movement, which mm. is just up to you. If I say, how far away is he? You're like, he's really far away. Okay, well, well, how about this? I mean, we have the difficulty chart. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's a really simple, it's the simplest bit of maths. And it's basically any check you do, I run it against mm-hmm. that. So what we're saying is, are we, uh, I'm sorry, I may, have, I may have missed something earlier, but now we have defense sorted. How, what governs an attack? I think anything red, if, if you're using physical attack to cause physical damage, I don't think you should be able to cause physical damage with a non-physical attack, unless it's a weapon, I, do you so, think? I think, but I think I like that the weapons can dictate which stat you use to use them. Yes. Because okay. we end up later with some weird magical weapons that need your charisma yeah. stat but I to think use a them weapon, or something. A weapon, yeah, yeah. But I think a weapon by default will cause physical harm. Yeah. Okay, so do we think it's okay? So, um, so going back to the stats, uh, so we kind of separating a bit, but strength check mm. is literally, am I strong enough to do X? Yes. Dexterity check. Am I speedy or dexterous enough to yeah. do X? So you might go, okay, it's my turn. Uh, I need to lift this bar off someone which is crushing my crewmate. Yeah. And I'll go, it's really heavy. Give me give me a strength check. Yeah. And I'll, I'll look at the difficulty check and I go, oh, you didn't quite make it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or you go, I want to uh, run across the room, uh, get into close combat and you know, attack that mm. person. And I go, he's very far away. Ah. Give me a give me a dexterity check. Mm. And you go, 
oh, I rolled a six, and I go, okay, you made it. Yeah. Now do your combat. Or I rolled a one, you fell flat on your face. So <laughs> that's like a kind of like a like a like a movement action and an, an attack action. And they both have rolls. Yeah. yeah. So then you go to attack someone. Mm-hmm. Now, Ali, you've got a ray gun, mm-hmm. and do we, so. Are we generally okay that like when you are attacking someone, the weapon or the power you're mm-hmm. using will say what stat yes. it mm-hmm. uses. Yeah. Or if it's close combat, it's strength. Oh, okay, sorry, no, unarmed, un- un- unarmed combat, it's yeah. strength. Correct. Okay, so the ray gun will still remain dexterity. Do we mm-hmm. think that's yes. fair? Yes, Completely. I think yeah. weapons, like you said, you might come across a really cool weapon later on that uses like charisma to yeah. power it, but it would still cause physical damage. Because yeah. it, it, will it would make that. sense if you, kill, yeah. if you hurt someone in the charisma. And like, <laughs> like and, and, ow, my charisma. And the psychic blasts. Which the Green Devil were doing were yeah. powered by will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Still cause physical yeah. yeah, and it makes sense that like my spear is strength or dexterity because you could use a spear as like a kind of twirling quarterstaff. Yeah, yeah, weapon. exactly. You might yeah. like I trip someone up. Yeah, I choose to use it by poking the sharp end through people, but that's because <laughs> I'm not very good at the twirling. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, yeah, this is really promising. Yeah. I like this. It, it kind of it still kind of works, and I yeah. think by sorting out the defense problem. I think that's a big win. Yeah. That. Well, um... Because I'm trying to think if... Hmm. I guess the only thing I'm... I'm Sorry, the only thing I'm thinking of now is that, like, when uh, the Green Devil was attacking, Mm. uh, he had psychic powers. It was Mm. very obvious. Like, he could do a psychic blast, and when I attacked you, he rolled his will. Mm. And I go, okay, great, really high roll, uh, you know, and but now we would do it against the defense. Mm -hmm. So you go, okay, what's your defense? You know, you roll... Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but if I try to dominate you and paralyze you, I go, okay, doesn't do damage. Give me a will saving throw. Yes. And I go, okay, you succeeded or you failed. Uh, Red Devil, mm-hmm. easy, big, strong. You know, he he punches you, yeah. and he's really strong. Easy. Mm-hmm. The Blue Devil. So unless the Blue Devil has a really high dexterity, sure. Mm. But. That's still, in this context, just another kind of... A physical attack. Just another kind of physical attack. Mm. So you draw defence. Yeah, so unless it's like the Blue Devil had swords. Mm-hmm. Now, unless I, I... I think we want to get away from situations where a weapon will say it can be strength or dexterity. It should always just be one. Mm. Okay. So I'm like, if the if you have a mechanical... Like a gun, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a strength check because a weak no. person can pull a gun. Yeah. So guns and stuff should always be dexterity mm-hmm. or something like that but the blue devil despite being fast had swords those swords should probably be governed by strength yeah which would make the blue devil's attacks weaker mm-hmm. which makes sense yeah but then he needs some bonus for being quick yeah so i mean maybe uh, maybe he pops up twice in mm. the battle sequence or something because he's already by the time that one of us is has done because an attack. He's, he's already gone on to the next person or something. Well, what what then is the benefit to being very quick? Like, because uh, we haven't worked out how speed affects... We haven't really come down on it, like, said that, oh, speed should determine how many actions you mm. get. That's not quite getting mm. us there. Does speed determine... Does dexterity determine your order in battle? Ooh. Like, rather than strategy? Like, is that... But order alone wouldn't be enough to increase his battle presence based on his dexterity. He would still only fight once per round. Mm. Could it be something like if you get a certain score, like um, 
I don't know, my dexterity is five, so maybe if I got eight or higher, I get a bonus action. Like, I've been so quick mm. that I, like, win a bonus. You attack, need, like... This is the thing, you need... Speed needs to give you some action benefit. Mm. So I mean, I, In D&D, you do, as you add your characters level up, you can get multiple attacks. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah. played a monk in the past, and yes. one of the main advantages of a monk is that as you level up, it's like, first I hit with one fist, then I hit with two fists in the same yeah. turn, oh, then I hit with one, two fists in the foot, yeah. and yeah. then I hit with two fists oh, in the so foot. Maybe so I get four attacks per yeah, turn. Maybe yeah. there would be abilities that you can choose to add into your tree that requires dexterity of six or more. It's like you cannot have this bonus attack. But then we would have to have levelling up, more levelling up things that could allow you to increase your stats. Yeah, the thing is we already have like limitations in like the band. Yeah, I don't think think you need to have a dexterity threshold. I think the way it works is if you've levelled up enough and you've added bonus actions to your character then you have them. Well, I mean an example would be in the adventure zone. It's like Magnus uh, is a fighter Mm. and he has all these powers where he's like he gets a bonus attack then yeah. the first attack is successful, he gets a follow-up attack. Mm. So his powers become... They stack. He's yeah. having, like, three, yeah. four attacks in his turn. Mm. And honestly, like, I know we haven't sorted out abilities, and that will be an ongoing thing, but I kind of imagine, like, uh, Nick, for example, you are the muscle. Yeah. I kind of imagine that as you got further down your levelling up tree, I saw you as being as being that. I completely agree. Yeah, That's I saw, I saw, I saw you as getting to the point where Nick gets two attacks. Yeah. So... I feel I can see that coming in with abilities. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel like there should be some basic, subtle advantage that dexterity gives you. I think there's another counterpoint <coughs> that your point about the swords coming down to his strength isn't necessarily true. Because like a dexterous person can do a lot of damage with very, very weak physical strength because they can cut and slice in the right places and a, yeah. and a sharp sword will do more damage in a weak person's hand than a really really blunt club in a really strong person I mean like if you just look at the different ways swords have been used in the real world like there's mm. the claymore from like Scotland <laughs> which yeah it's like literally it was a a weapon of intimidation. Nobody was ever actually going to swing that thing. No, it was just handed. a giant thing to run around with. So but then you've got like more the Japanese swords, which can be are designed to be wielded yeah. one-handed, even by women. So maybe so it's like yeah, I think it's maybe fine. sharp, pointy weapons are dexterity, mm-hmm. and blunt, heavy, brutish weapons yeah. are strength. I think it's yeah, it's weird, though, isn't it? Because if if a if if a strong character and a dexterous character both have a sword the same sword mm. they're both going to do more damage than an unskilled person mm. yeah but they're going to do damage in different ways yes i think but i think but i think that's okay yeah yeah i think basically what i'm getting at is is having weapons that are strength or dex is actually fine yeah. because it's how the player is using them yeah and yeah, that, I think it comes down to story. You would describe it differently. If it was a dexterous person, they might sort of slash at the back of your leg or something as they slide past, whereas a, a strong person might just come up and just stab you. Yeah. Sort of, you mm-hmm. almost can't resist it because it's just the force of it. Like the weapons you. themselves can have bonuses as well. Like, for example, the wish gauntlets are currently strength or dex, yeah. and they have a plus one in defense, which actually now will obviously apply to the defense stat rather than what we were doing before. But. 
I think what's good about that is is that they have an innate ability, mm-hmm. but uh, the player who uses them can choose to use them in a strength way, that is to say, clobber someone with them, yeah. or a dexterity way, that is to say, punch them like a boxer would yeah. to find the weak spots. In but them. I guess there's no difference in outcome. No, correct. No. no. Mm. But I think that's okay. because yeah. It gives you more room in the story to, to tailor it to how your character Yeah, behave. maybe I'm overthinking Yeah, it. I think the danger of trying to think about dex giving a speed boost is actually already encompassed in what we're saying here, mm. where... That, that blue devil with his swords, if he just rolled with dexterity, <coughs> that is his speed boost with his swords. That, mm. that, that is the advantage he's been given because he's allowed to fight with his speed stat. That's his yeah. advantage. Mm. Yeah. I think it's okay. Yeah. I think you were all right with that from the beginning. Okay. I don't think you need to worry. Yeah. Uh, I guess my only worry was that like it just makes strength and dexterity into changeable was my worry i guess it does and it doesn't like i think i think there will be weapons that are only strength and there will be weapons that are only dex but then there will be some weapons that don't i guess as long as there are scenarios where your outcome in a role with a check will be significantly different depending on whether you have strength or dexterity yeah i guess that's the only that's the only thing but like for example a two-handed axe yeah, right. that's the kind of weapon that you're only going to do damage with yeah. with strength. There's yeah. there's no finesse to it to ended axe. So if Capella found an axe out in the field, I wouldn't pick it up because mm. I don't have any strength. Mm. And I can put my wish gauntlets on, and that won't make any difference at all. <laughs> yeah, so or, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick it up. Or so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, maybe even there are requirements. I mean, you talked about requirements, but maybe it's on the weapon. Yeah, like um, Dark Souls springs to mind. You have strength and you have dexterity. Yeah, I mean, two that, stats that, that would be interesting actually. At the moment, yeah. we're maybe saying that weapons have a stat you have to use to use them, but maybe later weapons, stronger weapons, could mm. be like, you know, two-handed axe, Min. minimum strength two yeah. to, to win. Maybe and so. unless you've really gone all in on making your character the strongest they can be, you kind of, you've chosen to be more middle-of-the-road, sort of, you know, jack-of-all-trades. Yeah. But if you committed to strength, then the, your reward at the end is like this epic... And actually, that weapon. would make the game really fun, because then you could pick up or buy items that you actually can't even use yet. Yeah, but you're holding on to them. Yeah, when you when you level yeah. up strong enough. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Okay, you know what? That That's put my mind yeah. to ease. And then, and then it could also be like... And then the benefits of strength and dexterity become... Clown, clown in a bin <laughs> throws a bowling ball at you, and you have to catch it. Yeah. And I'm like, give me a strength check. Yeah. And like a weak character is going to go, oh, and I'm going to go like, you have a hernia. <laughs> you know? But like a really tough character is going to go like, what bowling ball? Yeah. And it eats it like an apple. Like, <laughs> but then it's like, um, the floor collapses. Everybody give me a dexterity saving throw. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, old uh, Chonk, who's eating, uh, eating a bowling ball, <laughs> fails the dexterity roll and lands on his head. Yeah. And now he can't walk. Right. That's not good. Stupid yeah. Because he needs his head to walk. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> brains in. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, we, I think that's maybe yeah. a good place we, to... We veered yeah. slightly from what we initially set out to do with this, but yeah. I think we've, we've still achieved Well, we'll, we'll come back to race powers, yeah. class powers, and roll powers another time. We'll tell you what, we'll, we'll have some homework. Yeah. We'll, yes. all, we'll all think go about away, our own characters. come up with uh, so a couple of abilities. abilities. We'll discuss that off air. Yeah. And then uh, I, th- I really do... Thank you so much, because I really do feel combat may finally have been yeah. ironed out now. Yeah. Well, it's Always... good, because like, <laughs> it's funny, actually, because it's almost canon. We we went into this training environment to get better at combat. <laughs> and we've come out as players yeah. better at combat. <laughs> I, I think I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Like you guys have 
I mean, I think together we've just kind of smashed out some of the worries I had about where it wasn't quite flowing. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, th- and now, we, and now we never need to think about it again. Ooh. And we can have adventures yeah. and, and role playing and stuff. Awesome. awesome. Great stuff. Right. Ooh. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.